children aged 5 to 11 are now eligible for the COVID vaccine and the first week and a half of the immunisation programme has seen strong demand. But not all children will be jumping at the chance, so what if your child is scared of needles or feeling anxious about a vaccine? Dr Jim Russell is a community and developmental paediatrician at Starship Hospital. Kia ora, Jim. Kia ora, Catherine. Thanks for having me. I suppose kids also have had all this background noise, you know, all the news stories, all the disruptions to their schooling. The overall kind of pandemic background noise is disconcerting for children. Yes, that's right. And it really depends on the kinds of conversations that are being had at home. Children are very good at picking up on the temperature at home. Uh, And so something that I always say to families is that children regulate their emotions um, alongside you. So stay calm. And when you're talking to children, I like to talk to my boys in quite a matter of fact way and just use really simple descriptions. So when we're talking about the vaccine then before going, how much information uh, to give children of different ages and, and how? What do you advise? I like. I, I think it's really important to be led by the child. I mean, I think all children deserve a really clear and simple explanation of why we're getting vaccinated. And I tell my boys, you know, we're vaccinating to protect you um, from uh, getting sick and so that if you did happen to catch Omicron, it would just be like a cold. And um, that's what I say to them. Um, I also say um, that it's important to protect our communities and to be able to stay at school. Um, so, so they need a, they need a simple explanation. And older children might want a bit more detail. And there are some nice resources at the kidshealth.org.nz website. All right. Just to remind us what happens, there's the paediatric dose is a different dose from the adult dose. And just remind us, I think it's, it is still two vaccinations. Yes, correct. So it's a third of the adult Pfizer dose and the doses are given eight weeks apart. For children who are uh, medically um, vulnerable or have, say, for instance, immunosuppression, uh, it would be reasonable to think about pulling the second dose forwards to three weeks. Uh, But otherwise, eight weeks is currently the recommendation. And the other thing, just on the practical note, Jen, I think not all vaccination centres that are doing adult vaccinations and boosters are doing um, children's vaccinations. Again, is this something you can do through the booking system? Yes, I booked through bookmyvaccine.nz. It's very simple. If your child happens to have a disability, you can tick a box. Um, that means that the disability teams can get in touch with you. Um, so I, I recommend that as a good way to, um, to find a centre near you. Let's talk about preparing for um, the actual day because children going to any kind of medical setting, it can be, um, again, different for different children, but for some children it can be a big event. How do we begin to talk about and prepare for the day? Mm, I think it's really useful to plan ahead. Um, So, you know, the, the key thing that helps children, I think, is to have a strategy for how they want to be distracted when they're being vaccinated. Um, I, I tell them that, uh, that it's going to be over very quickly. Um, I, I also say, you know, if you can count to four, uh, then you can get vaccinated because you just count to four, one, two, three, four, and it'll be over. Um, when they get to the centre, um, there, there is 
a lot of the centres have very child-friendly setups, um, and the, there are some distraction techniques you can use with your child. So bringing a, a cuddly soft toy, having something to look at, um, either on the wall or a game that you play with them at the time, or some people like to play a song or a video on, on their phone to distract their child. So have a talk with your child first about what they'd like to do to distract themselves, and then make a plan for afterwards. How are you going to celebrate them getting vaccinated and, um, and something to look forward to afterwards? That also really helps. Um, I, 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 think it's, uh, I think it's important not to put too much weight on it being um, a needle or sore. So you could say to them, yes, um, it, it'll be sore, but it'll be over very quickly, very quickly. And you, I just snap my fingers to show them how quickly that is. And um, when you get to the centre, being calm really helps children. And that just means slowing down in your actions and taking some time. The vaccinators have all been trained in, in vaccinating children. So do tell them what your child needs, but that's not the time to ask a lot of questions about the vaccine. You might wanna get all your information in advance from say the Ministry of Health website, um, because um, if you delay sitting there asking lots of questions to the vaccinator, that might be just a chance for your child to get more anxious. For kids who are really scared of needles, uh, because there are children who, who have genuine needle phobia. Um, there is Emla, uh, Emla patches available, or you can purchase Emla yourself. This is a numbing cream. You can rub it onto the area. It doesn't affect the immune response of the vaccine at all, and it's a good technique to tell children we can numb your skin so that you don't feel anything. That's really interesting. That actually responds to one of the questions that have come in. So this Emla, is this able to be purchased from a, from a pharmacy here? You can, you can have it prescribed by the GP, which right. will make it cheaper. Right. Uh, you can purchase it over the counter. But I'm also told that centres have um, Emla patches. Good. So ask for one if your child um, um, is showing any kind of concern or, or, or distress, you can ask for one. Yeah, and it does take about 45 minutes for the Emla to work. Um, so it just might mean that you um, might need to sit at the centre for longer. But if you have it in advance, you could put it on um, yourself. Vaccinators are obviously trained to help children and make them feel comfortable. What will they what will they do and how will they talk to your child and to you? Well, I think it's just it's really important they'll use children's names. Um, again, it's that sort of matter of fact um, uh, they'll they'll talk to the child in quite a matter of fact way, not trying to make too big a deal. Uh, of it um, and and then what I've seen vaccinators do is just sort of say to the child you might want to look away now needle will go in and then the needle will come out and then they'll say well done that's how I get my blood test done to be honest as well as <laughs> gabbling yes. some ridiculous rubbish about what I'm having for lunch while staring <laughs> out the window works a treat <laughs> Um, let's talk about the dose. Uh, we, we mentioned it's a third of the adult dose and it's um, uh, eight weeks apart unless there's a reason to bring it forward. Can you tell us a little bit more? There's one question here. This might help guide you. I have a small five-year-old granddaughter. The parents are concerned about the dosage of the vaccine, the same amount as her large 10-year-old cousin. Can you talk a little bit more mm. about why the doses are dust adjusted for children and if it's got anything to do with age or size? Uh, whether that has relevance. So, yeah, my understanding is that the dosing is smaller for 5 to 11-year-olds because they have very strong and responsive immune systems. So it's not so much to do with size. It has to do with the quality of the immune response that you expect to get. And we have now a wealth of safety data from overseas showing that the 
that the dose that's being given, which is a third of the dose of adults, is, is very safe. It is incredibly safe for children. Fewer side effects than are seen in adults, very, very low side effect profile. Um, and so, you know, the risk of any serious adverse events happening is incredibly low. Do children experience COVID differently to adults? I know this is challenging because each um, variant of um, COVID brings its own symptoms and and there's been a bit of a history as to whether, uh, evolving history it seems, as to whether children are are impacted at all. But what do we know so much, so far about Delta and perhaps about Omicron as to how it affects Mm. children? Yes, really good question. So, I mean, in general, consistently across the pandemic, children have experienced much less severe illness from COVID-19 compared to in older age groups. Um, In general, when children catch COVID-19, they tend to get something like a cold. So a runny nose, cough, sore throat, headache, sometimes a fever, sometimes some vomiting and diarrhea. And most children can recover just fine at home. It's very manageable uh, for families, just like caring for them in a very similar way to other uh, common childhood viruses. There's also a a chunk of children, I hear it's about 20% in Australia, who are asymptomatic. So that you can't tell any difference when they actually have had a COVID infection. Um, And there's some interesting theories immunologically about why this might be that children are less affected. However, we do recommend vaccination because every now and then a child will become seriously unwell and we can't actually predict very well who those children are gonna be. So, for instance, one in 3,000 children, again, these figures coming from the Australians who've had a lot more COVID-19 experience, um, about one in 3,000 children will have a a rarer complication called multisystem inflammatory syndrome, also known as PIMS-TS in the UK. And that can actually make children quite unwell. It causes a fever four to six weeks after the initial infection and can cause inflammation across multiple body organs. There have been children who've needed to go to intensive care with MISC. So um, that is a good reason to vaccinate your child. It also, uh, vaccination also dramatically reduces the risk of hospitalisation. So in our Delta outbreak, about 1% to 2% of children did need to be uh, hospitalised. And although those are brief hospitalisations, we still don't like to see children in hospital if we can prevent it. What of children with any kind of immune um, compromise or asthmatic children, for example, um, as with adults, are there any for whom it's possible the vaccine might not be appropriate? And, And alternatively, are there some for whom it's going to be very important? Yes, so um, at the moment there are no contraindications to having the Pfizer vaccine. Um, The only contraindication would be if if you happen to have already had a severe allergic reaction to the Pfizer vaccine or to a component of the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, And so that that means that there will be um, basically no children or hardly any children who would uh, not be able to be eligible to be vaccinated. Will children need boosters, do we think? Yeah, well, I I think these are good questions for the COVID vaccine um, tag group who are vaccine experts who make decisions about the use of vaccines. Um, My awareness is that there's not good evidence yet around um, the efficacy, safety and need for boosters in young children, bearing in mind that children already have a lower uh, risk of severe illness from COVID-19 and two doses will provide very good protection. 
The other argument that has come for vaccinating children, uh, apart from the fact that in some cases there can be, um, you know, significant symptoms from COVID, is that a child's well-being is tied up with the, with the family and, and the whānau as well. Do you have a position on that, that sometimes um, vaccination of children can be part of protecting a, a whole family and part, perhaps, mm. obviously, of trying to end this damn pandemic? Um, it, yes. it's, it's kind of a philosophical uh, question in a way, Jin. Do you have a view? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I think we should be whānau-centred in our approach. Children are... Um, you know, they depend upon the well-being and the health of their loved ones. And when uh, their loved ones fall sick, children are impacted by that. And that can also be inequitable. So with the Delta, you know, we still do have Delta in the community and the pandemic is still moving. Omicron may not be the last variant that we see. Um, and so it is important, you know, with, with Delta, we had good um, evidence showing that children who were twice vaccinated with Pfizer um, had, you know, there was a vaccine efficacy against symptomatic disease of 90%. That's going to dramatically reduce the risk of children um, getting infected, and then that's going to protect families. Now, with Omicron, we think that there's uh, a bit more immune escape. So with Omicron, we want to protect children from getting seriously unwell themselves. It's an interesting point you make, because the other thing we are learning, and I know there was a study out just in the last couple of days about the impact, this is in adults, of um, an infection both before and or after an, um, an immunisation and its effect on... Um, the immune response. It was a very strong immune response coming in from this report. Part of what's happening and is going to happen with the Omicron outbreak is that for the first time, many New Zealanders are going to have a mix of vaccination and some natural exposure. And if we look at the whole course of the pandemic, is this possibly part of the equation of getting us able to cope with this um, mm. COVID-19 virus? I'd, so, I mean, I'm not sure you would want to use it as a strategy because um, infection, of course, is, like I said, it's unpredictable and, and vaccination is always better. Um, but, you know, if we are, we're going to be able to vaccinate children, give them that first dose um, for, most, for many children before they go back to school um, because we're vaccinating children incredibly fast. And so what, what I think people need to understand is that the first dose is going to provide good protection against serious illness in children, which is already quite uncommon. Um, and so if they did happen to catch Omicron afterwards, yes, they might get a boost to their immunity, but more importantly, they're going to be protected from any serious illness. What I was alluding to was not that you should try and use infection as, um, as some yeah. kind of a tool, but, <laughs> but we are going to be exposed. Yes. 50% of us are going to be exposed, and that's going to include yes. children. What I'm saying is that vaccination now, uh, at the time of the Omicron era, is part of building a response to wherever COVID goes from now. That was my logic. So getting vaccinated yes. now yes. against the Omicron well, variant is part of this picture of us hopefully building our uh, immune responses against whatever comes next. Absolutely. I think we're, you know, we are a highly vaccinated um, nation and we're becoming increasingly boosted. Um, I think we're in a really good position um, with, you know, in terms of the long term uh, pandemic. Thanks, Jen. Jen Russell is Community and Developmental Paediatrician at Starship Hospital.